0: So by, by way
1: of recap, in that sense, for for that first week, we had all of those resources and we're able to pull them into a document. So if you are just jumping in today and you've missed out on the previous two meetings, on the one hand, the recordings are on the podcast, um, Immersed Youth Podcast, which you could find on different podcast platforms, um, or if you want a direct link, uh, we could also put that on the chat thread in a minutes. Um, So there is that on the other hand, If you want that PDF that was made from all the resources that came alive in that first meeting, it was a very enriching conversation. Different people sharing um, the different kinds of resources that they use for studying the Bible, for personal productivity hacks and things like that, and different um, disciplines and practices that people are engaging with. We endeavored to give a link that you can use to follow up on those different resources in that first meeting. So if you want that PDF as well, you can signify and it will be sent to you. In the second meeting, however, we had two things that we kind of did on the one, and we responded to a question that someone had from the meeting before. And it was a question about um, how to use online, um, Bible study softwares, uh, especially a, a kind of online platform that can help you study the Bible from the original um, uh, languages, uh, and that being Greek and Hebrew uh, for New and Old Testaments, respectively. And so we kind of demonstrated, gave a demo on how to do that in our last meeting before we then went into this interesting conversation about uh, domestic abuse um, based on the painful experience that went viral on social media of a gospel musician in um, Nigeria that passed away uh, allegedly due to domestic abuse a constant protracted if you will case of domestic abuse and we reflected on that from different perspectives. I like the variety of angles at which people came at that subject. Um, Of course, time did not permit us to touch all that could ever possibly be touched as per such a a wide and broad subject. But I think we kind of landed the conversation on zooming in back to us. What can we do um, on the one hand to ensure that we don't perpetuate such a negative cycle And on the other hand, to to make us ready saviors, quote unquote, um, for people that might find themselves in such situations. Um, Saviors in the sense of someone that others can lean on um, and that can be trusted to to offer some succor, some, some comfort, some wisdom, some companionship, whatever it may be, some help. To someone that will be going through something like that, and that was that was where we kind of landed that conversation. So today or tonight, we just want to then kind of annex all of these different threads of conversation vis a vis the broad theme of the month, being a month of um, a month in which we are talking about being resourceful or resourcing ourselves and things like that to land it on productivity. How can I become more productive? How can you become more productive? What should that look like? What has that looked like in the past for you, for me, for us, and and we're going to just reason around that together. But the way we're gonna do it is to use some questions, um, uh, the majority of which would be to just kind of erect some guideposts in this wide subject of productivity. Maybe I should just give a backdrop um, to this by saying that the social media world in which we are living in now, our generation, uh, of course, we are informed, more informed than any previous generation that, uh, that has ever been, as it were, And that has its positives. And of course, as we already know, also has its negatives. Um, But on the one hand is the fact that we can, just like we did four weeks or thereabout ago, talk about various resources that are working for us thanks to this um, connectedness uh, that we are living in and the vast world of the internet. But the other side of that can then be to knowingly or unknowingly begin to pick up wrong standards for productivity or um, just to to, to, to put ourselves in in a race. Some will call it a rat race of an endless pursuit. I want to be more productive. That's a noble desire. But what should that look like? What should guide that desire? in that sense. So those are part of what has informed some of the questions that we're going to be considering. Um, I'm gonna share my, my screen, just made a few um, slides for that. And after each question, then maybe I'll stop sharing again and we'll just reflect together on the question that is being, that is being put on the screen. I, I want to believe we can see our screen. I can, you see, can you see my screen? All right. Okay, yes. so becoming more productive, more in, in parentheses. And the first question we want to ask is on a serious note like, there are these are not trick questions in that sense, but we are hoping that from your con- contribution, perhaps someone else will also pick up one or two things that might be helpful to the person. So, question number one Who is your role model for productivity? Is there someone in your world? Um, that you really envy how productive they are and what about them do you desire to emulate? what, what how have they been productive in that sense um, that is inspiring to you as a person? Um, so yeah, it's, the floor is open and I would expect that we will all contribute. It's a small village tonight, the small village meeting. So if you're not contributing, I'll literally call your name. <laughs> like you know, those family devotions where Daddy would, I'm not the daddy, but let's just play, <laughs> let's play around that imagery. And Daddy would call on any of the children to do something by surprise. Anyways, so who is belling the cat Who is your role model for productivity? Who is your role model for productivity? Who is your role model
0: for productivity? Well, go on, Dylan. hmm, I've never really thought of anyone when I try to be productive. Whenever I try to be productive, I just try and get stuff done. Mm -hmm. In terms of, like, education. Yeah. I think that's just, uh, how can you say it, innate to me. Like, I just do it. Mm
2: -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. Things. Another thing, like exercising, I find that to be productive as well. Exercising is important. Mm. And sometimes I just feel like exercising. Hmm. The Chores. well sometimes i do think of how my father can be can do the chores i want to be like him Mm. he does the chores every day and he loves to do do, he loves to do the chores Mm. Mm. yeah i think that's about it that's that's, i might have forgotten something but
1: that's a helpful (laughs) A helpful way to, to start us off. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. I could resonate on different levels to what you've said, especially given your context as a student in uni, in the UK. Um, there's a whole lot of... It's, it's almost like a solo journey on the one hand. Like, yeah, I'm on my own. and I'm just going to do what I have to do and get stuff done on the one and i mean except maybe like group projects and things like that um and on the other hand, you're always with family so you get to learn a lot from from that context so thank you thank you for sharing any other person who is your role model for productivity who's your
0: role model actually i'm sorry i forgot to say something go on okay so in terms of education Mm-hmm. It can be your own allies. Mm. Sometimes I'll think about how smart my friend is. Yeah. yeah Yeah, it can also make me want to do as well as him. That's right. um, and also if if I'm working on the same team as him, like if we're doing a project together
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'll think that uh, I, should, I should just get stuff done so I don't um, so I don't get in his way. Yeah. I like yeah. wanna help them.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't want to disappoint them or anything. Yeah. So yeah.
1: That's that's brilliant. Well done. Thank you. Deal, I saw your hand up. Um, so I'm gonna go to you next.
2: All right. So I've never really thought of this question.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But <clears throat> for me, I would say I just think of how can I be productive
1: mm.
2: and i I like to do lists in a way. Uh, it helps me to maybe plan myself, plan my week, plan my month, oh. so I can say, Oh, this is what I want to do for this month, and oh. I break that into like weekly goals. Okay. And um, maybe daily goes to. Of course, there are times I don't, so many times that I might not achieve it, but then it drives me in a way. And yeah. well, lately I've been so overwhelmed with so many things going on with me. But there is something I think Dylan said that um, resonated with me, which is seeing people and, yeah. you know, trying to learn from them. And I recall while I was in my previous company, my colleagues, I might just probably just see the way they do things and, oh, I can pick this up from this person. Mm. So in that regard, that person might not really be my role model, but I can learn one or two things from them or even from my husband or from anybody within me at that instance that can probably help me to be productive. Mm. So that's, that's it for me.
1: Thank you. That's very helpful. Another helpful contribution. Um, anybody wants to add to that? Stana?
3: Yeah, I was mine was a bit is a bit um, of in the opposite. Okay. So I'm I am very driven. Uh-huh. So I think in my in my drivenness, I really don't have the time for what Dylan and Adela mentioned, about seeing people and using them as my example. But mine is kind of in the opposite in the sense that colour helps me helps me kind of calm down. Like I know we're talking about productivity and productivity is doing your getting the maximum out of your time. Uh, But due to my nature of already putting myself in that proactive mode, I don't really take the time to reflect on what has been done. I'm always chasing what needs to be done. Uh, so the way I find productivity in the things that I've accomplished is actually to t- sit down. I just I'll just think about what I would have done. Then sit down, and relax. If there's one more, if there's one more thing to take on my to-do list I haven't done, recently I don't really chase and do a die, do a die matter now. Uh, I just calm down and move it to the next day. Or if it's not even achievable, well, I can move it to next week. So that's how I've been able to produce more like just being able to reflect on how much i've done so it will, let you will help me um project myself and my time to the next day because i know that sorry one last thing one thing that productivity does for me in the in the negative is that it doesn't let you rest it's like a, it's like a dog yeah. like it hounding at you and just do 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 and things like that so, but but knowing that it's me, I, I, I am mastering, I am the one who is setting the, acti- the tasks. Mm. So I get to control them. Actually brings more out of what I do and there's more joy even if I don't get to achieve everything that I've set to achieve.
0: Thank you.
1: That's brilliant. Thank you. Another interesting way to, to look at it. Uh, interesting perspective. Any other person want to share before we move on to the next question, I would say why I asked this first question before we move on to the next anyways. Um, Busola, are you able to speak? Do you have anything to add?
4: Okay, so um, for me, I'm not sure I have any role model for productivity because I guess I just look at everything. All I, I look at everything holistically and I don't um, um, Divide like I don't um um divide my life in that sense. so I'm not going to say okay, who, who do I look at? Who do I, who, who do I look up to for um education or for religion? But, so so basically, uh, it's quite hard. But if we're just going to um go by education, perhaps I have a lecturer I look up to. But sometimes I also wonder how she has time for every other thing or. How she's able to do every other thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, with our work our mm-hmm. career, she's really, really, really doing so well. But sometimes I think she may just be too busy, which I'm not sure of. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. how she kind mm-hmm. of so that's 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 it for me. Charlie.
1: Mm-hmm. Well done. So. Thank you very much. That's that's a very nice thought, and it brushes on. Part of the reason why I was asking that question. Um, does any other person want to add anything, Damilare, um,
0: Annie? Okay. In the absence of any,
1: <laughs> um, so basically, uh, part of the reason why I was asking this is so on the one hand, remind us that of course, by all means, it's okay to be inspired by people, to see people that are getting things done and, and and be inspired by how they are doing it and want to do it as well, or do it even better in that sense. But there is always that need to remind ourselves that there is an intentional uniqueness into that has gone into our configuration, into how God made us, into how God created us. Um, it's, it's never the wise move to compare ourselves with someone else and let that be the drive for our life at any junction or concerning any sphere, in our finance, in our academics, uh, in our career goals, in our marriage, in our singleness, our singlehood, and you know, whatever it it's may be really. Um, in our ministry, for those of us in ministry and things like that, it's always, wise to not measure ourselves by the standard of others but to measure ourselves by the potential that Christ has deposited inside of us by the abilities that he has gifted us with and he knows what he has given us he knows what he hasn't given us and we know to some extent um, these things and so we shouldn't want to do beyond what we have been configured to do, if that makes sense, or what we are meant to be capable of doing. Um, and we shouldn't do less as much as possible in, 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 the same, in the same vein. So that's that's just the first guidepost that I thought to erect for us in this conversation. Like I think I know that saying that, Adele, I'm coming to you. So I know that was saying that productivity can sometimes feel like like a dog that is barking at you, just do, do, do. Indeed, and especially if you are surrounded by lots of resources, which you know that the only reason why those resources are there is because some, someone somewhere has been productive, <laughs> someone somewhere has done something and you want to also do something in that sense. Uh, for people like me that write, or preach, or teach, or mentor, disciple, and da, 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 da. You see very many other people doing all those things on on levels that you are yet to attain, and you are always ever so inspired and propelled, and, you know, but the question is, just like Busala was saying, you never can tell the other things that that person is for going for instance maybe unhealthily to achieve the things that he or she is achieving so you see someone that is churning out this i don't know maybe runs a series for instance i'm speaking from my own kind of context Um, and i see someone doing consistently posting something every single day (laughs) the question is Am I able to do that? Yes, but the person that is doing that, do I know the other things that I am doing that is very helpful that he cannot afford to do because he wants to do this. So I'm just focusing on this tiny slice of Israel life that is looking very productive and I can not see these other various other dimensions of his life that is crumbling or a life that is crumbling because of what is given to this. Um, Hopefully not crumbling, but I'm just making the image that's graphic for us to see that we never see people in their entirety, especially when it comes to issues of productivity, and we should not be carried away with that. Your colleague that is doing exceptionally well at work might be a horrible husband or horrible wife or horrible son or horrible daughter at home and you don't want to take one part and of course when you now start trying to do all that he or she does and you discover you are not matching up or you eventually start matching up you start discovering that some other aspects that are very vital begins to suffer as well so don't all that's to say it won't look alike for all of us don't beat yourself up um, as by your level of productivity. Should we desire to be productive? Absolutely. Should we desire to be more productive? Absolutely. Should we be inspired by productive people? Absolutely. But again, let's be guided as we, you know, embark or embrace that kind of a pursuit. Sister Adiola, back to you. You were raising up your hand.
2: Yeah, thank you, sir. So, I have like, I think, two or three questions. Mm -hmm. I like this line of thought. Mm. So my first question is, how do we handle um, comparing yourself with someone else who is more productive than you? Mm. And then say, for instance, at the place of work or even in church or in a social gathering, wherever it is, how do you undo that? in such a way that you're not comparing yourself with someone else. Then you mentioned the fact that God knows um, the capacity he has given us. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. if I am not aware of how productive God wants me to be and I am doing Mm -hmm. less? Mm -hmm. So how do I realize these things? Mm -hmm. So I don't do less. I don't do more than I should. I don't know if you get
1: absolutely very beautiful question, um, and I would I would absolutely welcome thoughts and and contributions on that from all of us as well. Uh, but just to to offer some preliminary thoughts um, on the first part, how do you handle it in terms of you know wanting the tendency to compare ourselves to other people? Um, one one thought that comes readily to mind is to genuinely celebrates people's wins with them, you know, celebrate productivity when you see productivity in whatever aspect of life and do so ever so genuinely. But one of the things that I know that the Holy Spirit does for me, and I, I, I could almost infer that it's a principle that could work for anybody, is remind us. It reminds me of things. It reminds me of For instance, what we just said now, that you can't afford to be carried away by someone's brilliance in this area of life. Oh, the person can speak so brilliantly. Thank God for that. I wish I can speak like that. Okay, God help me. But before I get so carried away with that, I know that's not the full story. I know that's not where the story ends. I know that's not all there is to that person. And Possibly every other part too could be flourishing like that because of the person's capacity. Thank God for that. That brings me to another reminder that I've got my limits uh, and I've got the particular season that I'm in and things like that. So all of those reminders come if we have given ourselves to being guided by God, if we have given ourselves to um, this constant discipline of wanting to talk to God about our life and hear back from God about our life, which is a discipline I would urge every one of us to develop. It helps us to, you know, like, pull in, rein in the brakes when you need to, like, caution us when we are going too far in our adulation or celebration or comparison, as the case may be. Um, that's that's that on that. But again, I would love to hear some other thoughts and perspectives on how, how do we handle our tendency to compare ourselves with other people. And then the second question um, as to what if I'm doing less? Um, as we go on, there are still one or two other questions that flows on from these thoughts that would help us to actually come face to face with the reality of why am I here? What am I doing? Um, and Paul talks about this having a honest sense of our worth. And he talks about it in Romans 12. He talks about it in Philippians 2, where he says, always esteem, verse three, always esteem the other person as being more important, more significant than you. Let this mind be in you, verse five, which was in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, verse five. And part of what he was saying there is not, it's not to make ourselves inferior, but he's saying we should, part of spiritual maturity is when you are able to actually know there is always more, there is always room for more. That's, that's a kingdom principle. Whatever level you've attained, there is always room for more. But in pursuing that room for more, so you want to ensure you are never satisfied. You are never like, ah, this is my capacity. This is what God has given me. That's, that's you tending towards complacency. That's you setting the bar lower. Um, it's better to strive higher and not exactly reach all these, you know, I, I think a couple of us have mentioned that you set daily goals and you don't necessarily meet all of them. That's wise. That's a wise person. Rather than saying, I think I know that God has only given me one talent and not five. And So instead of setting five things on my, on my to-do list today, I'm just going to set half because I'm not so capable. <laughs> that's, there is a word for that in the Bible. The person is being a sluggard, uh, a lazy person, uh, an indolent <laughs> in that sense. So I think that's, that's how I would think of, of balancing it out. The drive to be better, to do more, to be more should always be there, but that drive just needs to be guided. You will never know your full capacity my wife has prompted me into dimensions of experience and realities that I don't know just by saying, You never know until you try. And that's one of our favorite lines. And I'll be like, uh, Okay, whatever. And not everybody would be <laughs> as self driven as you are. Um, but then, you know, indeed, you never know until you try. But there are some things you don't even need to try if you've got that access to the guide and the balances that the spirit of God offers us in our partnership with with him. So I would stop there and still receive some other contributions. For those that are just joining, um, we're trying to um, think through how to become more productive in life generally, Um, whatever season or context as it were of reality you are currently navigating, how can you become more productive? And the first question we are still looking at is, who is your role model for productivity? We've had different people contribute um, on that. But part of the reasons behind the question is to point out that while it is very exceptionally good, not exceptionally, but while it is very encouraged, I think that's the word, to have people like that that you 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 celebrate their productivity and desire that you want to be like that, be as productive as that, or even more productive than that. You also want to remind yourself that you are not them and they are not you. And that God has made us with a, a great deal of intentional uniqueness in our configuration, in how he has shaped us in the story of our lives, in our experiences and realities. And so we don't want to go about measuring ourselves by their standards and capacities, but by our potential in Christ, which we don't really fully know, except for the fact that whatever we think our potential is today, there's always room for more. That kind of summarizes what we've said so far.
5: Sister Anna, I can see your
0: hand up.
3: Add to what you said regarding um, Adela's question about re- how, how, how we can stop um how we can not compare ourselves with the people that we are with that are doing well. I think one of the first tip is just like what you said, Kola, like how that you should appreciate what they do. If you genuinely see someone that is doing well, you celebrate them, but then know your capacity.
2: Uh-huh. There's
3: one thing to celebrate someone, but there's another thing to be almost envious of them. Yeah. Especially if you're a high-
1: Achiever.
3: Driven person, you always think you can do everything. So when you hear about people doing things, you would, you would think, things like, oh, I can do that. They want to do what they're doing. But then if you know your capacity, if you know what you're cut out for, um. I think that would help us not to compare. Say for example, if I have a friend and she's, um, what's the word? And she's very good at dancing. Mm-hmm. and like, like she, she is very good and I like I like dancing too but I'm not as good as she is if I don't know my capacity whenever I see what I would be ah I can do better I can do better I can do better but what that does for me is it, it, it makes it makes me bitter with myself if i can't actually do better there's a thing like because what we do is what this comparison thing does it, it sets some thoughts in our mind uh, like and it's how the devil gets us to to be honest so, so for example yeah you're writing an exam you see you see a very hard question you know you can you can attend the question if you read it carefully, but there's a thought that keeps coming to your mind like, hey, you can't do it. You should have read more, you should have done more. And when we start hearing that voice of you should have, you should have, you could have, it's not the voice of God. The Holy Spirit wouldn't impress what is not ours on us. It uh-huh. would, it would, it would fine-tune our gift. It would, it would, he has given us things, it would nurture that and make it grow in the proportion that he wants it to grow in. Uh-huh. So if we're able to know that. Um, Dylan, I know I'll be missing you out on all this um, terminology that I'm using. I'm just saying that we should like know who we are uh-huh. and then embrace it, embrace even our limitations. Yeah. I know Dylan was saying something about how that, what if you say, oh, you're not really good at this and you limit yourself? How then would you be able to blossom in the areas you're supposed to do? I think we're able to do that with the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, I know it might be like an half and an off-hand answer like without striving, okay. but he he guides us, he directs us in the way that we should go. Uh, and if you and finally, if um if, um Akola was saying that sometimes we see some people and then we want to be like them, but we don't know their full story. But I like how that the Bible actually gave us the full story of all the people that we should be role modeling after, like. Paul, which is brilliant, um, which is brilliant, Gospels, and the thing, is, uh, the thing is written, the way he's coined his words, the way he speaks in, the way he's spoken, um, was it 2 Corinthians, um, was it 10 or 11? I can't remember. The, the, way, the, way he, 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 the way he mixes up his words just to bring out one message is a very brilliant man. But in that brilliance, we're also made to know that it wasn't as well-spoken as it should be, we knew we know from the Bible that he had a thorn, as much as as much as powerful as he is, as right. much as he professed the power of Jesus and the healing and his healing power and how God can rescue us. He had a he had a thorn on his side, right. and he asked God. He prayed about it, but he didn't go. Like we see those people holistically. God does not just give us just the front view to say, ah, this is Paul. He's brilliant. Emulate um. Be, be his example, or do what he did, but he showed us the full step, like the full, the full picture so that we can see what they've done, weigh their, weigh their mistakes and their wins, and then use it for ourselves, apply the ones that we can apply to ourselves. And the times where we fail in the things that we should be doing, then we remember, uh-uh, I am. it's not just unique to me, I'm not the first person person that's gone through this. It's happened before. Therefore, I'm able to pull myself out of there. I don't know if that um, adds to the um, answer, Dela. Yes, it does.
2: Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you. Um, So let's move on to question two. Uh, If there's still anyone that wants to contribute, feel free to just unmute yourself and jump in or raise your hand virtually if your camera is not on and we'll call you to come on. Okay, so what is your life goal? What is your purpose for living? We said we want to reason through becoming more productive through the lens of five questions. And so the first question we've dealt with that, who is your role model? And what are we saying from that? Be guided and know that whoever your role model is, the only role model that you can embrace is full story is Jesus. Um, Even Paul, we still don't have the full story. (laughs) There is no one, even Jesus, John would go on to say that if all the books in the world were put together, we can't exhaust it in writing about all the things that he did. But the ones that had been recorded were recorded so that we may believe, he says in in the last chapter of John. So the, the point being that there is no one that is perfect, uh, perfect, our singular perfect example is Jesus, um, and all that we know of him as revealed in his word. Now, having said that, that brings us down to yet another dimension or perspective or angle of looking at this whole productivity thing, and that would be without you actually knowing your life goal, without you actually knowing your purpose for living, you could be extremely productive, excuse me, by human standards. And God will still not reckon with your productivity as commendation worthy, as worthy of him commending you. Um, There's a statement that was on the cover of a book that's some of us read as a group, and I think we read it also in our church a couple of years ago, um, titled Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits by Kenneth Hagen. And on the cover, I believe, maybe the back cover or front cover, there was this statement, what are you going to say when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ? And he asks you, did you follow my plans for your life or your own? In other words, some of these people that we are seeing that are being extremely productive, uh, in an inspiring way, which we've said we should celebrate and all of that. There is not, it is not impossible that someone can be productive, but outside of the circumference of God's purpose, God's plans and God's pursuits for that person's life. Uh, And that brings us to that, again, point of intentional uniqueness. The reason why it has configured us and fashioned our hearts individually, as the psalmist says, is so that we can also then go on to achieve some unique purposes, some things that he had configured us to deliver, as it were, to the world. Through our education, through our career paths and whatever mountain of culture, as they are called, or spheres of influence that he has placed us in, in arts and media, in, in finance, in politics, or in governance, in health and things like that, in, in culture, whatever, whichever area he has placed us, there's a reason <clears throat> why we are supposed to be there. Ephesians 2 10 says there's a divine plan or alludes to the fact that there's a divine plan um, for our individual lives. And, <laughs> This is not a question that I would necessarily want us to respond to directly here, but if you want to, absolutely. Maybe your response can help other people to think through how to discover their own life goal if there is anyone that is yet to discover theirs. Um, If you ask me now that what's what's my life goal or what's my purpose for living, there are different ways I could articulate that um, to you. But to reference materials that that helped me to think through this in times past are from two different books, um, Rick Warren's The Purpose Driven Life, which has gone on to be a classic. Some would say that's the best-selling um, non-fiction book, apart from the Bible, like next to the Bible, as far as Christian literature is concerned. I don't know how far that's true. But in any case, with <laughs> From the Purpose Driven Life, there is a particular chapter or even some chapters actually that were devoted to this concept of the acronym of SHAPE that he used. Um, Like if you could look at the giftings, areas of spiritual gifts that you have, um, look at the things that your heart is naturally drawn to. So the things that are always heavy on your heart. Uh, things that you find yourself annoyed about because someone is not doing it right. And that could be anything. It could be some form of injustice in the society. It could be something in the governance. It could be really anything. It could be something in your neighborhood, something in your home, in your marriage, and all of that. That is always heavy on your heart. And then look at your abilities, the things that you find it easy to do things that others will, I mean, to you, you may not even think that you find it easy until you start seeing how many other people struggle to do that thing that you do as though you're not doing anything. Those are pointers to helping us to discover um, our life goal. Your personality, how, I would say loquacious you could be, how outspoken you could be, or how introverted you could be, whatever personality type really that you have, again, also points towards this assignment, this life goal of a thing that we're talking about. Then your experiences, the successes and failures, the joys and sorrows, everything that has happened in our lives up until this very present moment did not happen by accident. God has a way of using all of these things to shape us, to configure us, to process us, as it were, and ready us for the assignment for which he has sent us down here for. We're not just born into our family so that our parents can have children. There there is more to our existence than that. And that's, that's a beautiful way that we could start thinking about this as, as Requiem puts it in that book, The Purpose Driven Life. But in Max Lecado's book, the title is Cure for the Common Life. Kill for the Common Life. And, and what he's basically saying in the book is many people just live a common life, what you could call an average life. You come, you, you leave, you marry, you have kids, you have a good job, get salary at the end of the month, and die when it's time to die. That's, that's a common life but he's saying that there is a cure for that. (laughs) And the cure comes from you living in your sweet spot, living in the place where you are intended to, where you are made for, as it were, where you are in your elements, where you flourish from. Um, And I'm coming to you. And so he also applied using the concept of an acronym, in this case, story, Um, the S being for strength. Again, what are those things that (laughs) You find it really easy to do. You're, you, have, you are strong in this area. You know, some, some, some students are strong <coughs> in the sciences, but they are weak in the hearts. You know, that's the that's the sense in which I'm talking about strength. <coughs> um, let me pause and take another question before I run through the other alphabets. I know what's up. Yeah. I
3: was, we, you mentioned however, it can, it can be a sweet spot, uh-huh. spot. And I thought to myself, like, what if that's selfish? What if your life goal is your sweet spot, but it's selfish? It's not. It's, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I get what you mean. But the concept is not that you are looking for your sweet spot because you can't even regularly identify this sweet spot. It's just like the case of getting married. You can always look around to whoever is your suitors. If you have five suitors, there's everything they to that, just looking at them. You can feel like, oh, and I like this one. This one makes me feel like a lady. This one makes me feel like a tomboy. This
5: one makes me
1: feel... <laughs> this one fulfills all my wildest dreams and steeps me off my feet with his two-packs and seven-packs and whatever, and his baritone voice. Anyways, The point is if we can look at all of that chemistry-wise and make a choice and you will be right based on the facts and the data that you have to you. But the facts and the data that you do not have is what is going to become of that person in the next one week, the next one year, in the next one decade, in the next two decades. You don't know where that same person is gonna be Uh, more so in union with you. And that's where the God factor then comes in. So in other words, what you are thinking is your sweet spot it might not end up being your sweet spot. That's one of the arguments of the book. But that you find that sweet spot when you've thought through this acronym of what are you strong at? What, what are your strengths? Is what uh, Rick Warren will call your abilities. But then apart from your strengths, what's your topic? What makes you tick? What's that thing that just gets you talking and talking or gets you excited and you just want to roll up your sleeves and, and dig into it. What's your topic? And then what are your optimal conditions? In what, in what contexts do you flourish? For very many of us that, I mean, all of us have been students or are currently students and you would know that we don't all study in the same condition. Um, there are some of us that if there's the slightest noise from elsewhere, you you cannot no longer focus. And there are some other people that can read through any noise whatsoever. Let them bring a tractor that is doing all sorts of things. They will still, you know, read and assimilate and concentrate. But what's your own optimal condition in that sense? And then the relationships that you have in your life, beginning with your family, your friends, the kind of people that God has connected you to or is connecting to you, your mentors and mentees, your disciples and disciples, as the case may be, all of those relationships are not accidental. They are all, as Mark lukedo will argue, part of this thing that is shaping the story of our lives. And the yes part of it is what gives you a yes? What is that thing that when you do it, you feel like, yes, I, I got it this time for some of us that is when our, our team wins the match <laughs> that is so small <laughs> something to live for anyways but what gives you a yes what gives you a yes if i'm working on a book and i get to the point where i know that yes this manuscript is done i feel like screaming yes i got this done <laughs> this is done and dusted Uh, what gives you a yes, basically. And when you look at all those things together, you begin to, your life goal begins to form up. Um, Again, this this hasn't answered the question of what is your life goal? What's your purpose for living? Not exactly. But I believe that if you actually take this, either of these acronyms or a combination of both acronyms into a personal retreat, into just a few minutes of maybe for the next seven days, waking up each morning and spending the first few minutes to think through these things and not assume that you already know why you are here. You might be surprised at the kind of images that will be coming up in your heart, the kind of messages that will be coming up as a result of these um, thoughts that you are engaging with and thinking about and praying about and knowing who you are. But the point is before you go further talking about productivity, you want to be sure that you're talking about being productive, not just for the fun of being productive, but being productive where God wants you to be productive. That's that's the point of that question and that second point. Any addition, subtraction, thoughts, questions, or further contributions on that before we move on to question number three. All right, so the third question um, is this. Uh, this is a bit of mathematics. How would you divide, how would you suggest to someone to divide Is or her focus between avoiding obstacles to productivity on the one hand and pursuing their life goals passionately on the other hand? I'll take that again. There are two things, you know, we are talking about becoming more productive, yeah? For you to become more productive is standing on two legs in a manner of speaking. One leg is that you want to do everything possible to tackle or guard against obstacles uh, that would hinder you from being productive. On the other hand is to actually do that thing itself, ever so passionately. That will make you productive. How would you balance the energy? How would you divide your energy rather between those two aspects? Which aspect should you focus on more? I think that's just basically the, the, the simple way to put the question. What aspect should you focus on more? Should you focus more on ensuring that you avoid the obstacles to your productivity? Or should you focus more on pursuing those goals that would end in productivity ever so passionately? Any thoughts on that? This is an open question. So any and all of us can contribute to that. Amilaria Yusuf, I've heard your voice today. Are you able to speak where you are? I'd like to know what you think about this. I
6: was actually on my way home, ah, so I was on the road, All so right. Right.
1: I'll come in shortly, No problem. Thank you. Um...
3: It's a tricky question.
1: <laughs> Who said that? I know. Okay. Why is it Maybe tricky?
3: if you if give us an example of what it is in real life, maybe then we'll be able to
1: <laughs> okay, Um Please? Let me, let me, of course, I can only give an example of my context. Say, for instance, for me, part of what productivity looks like is in writing books, because I know that part of my life assignment has, is tied to that, if, if I could put it that way. Now, how should I divide my energy between actually sitting my butt down and actually writing, and slash or. <laughs> Ensuring that I do everything possible to get the voice to focus on you (laughs) or come and disturb you. (laughs) Why I'm able to to enable me to do the job or to, I don't know, reorganize my schedule in a day in a way that would ensure that whatever could be a distraction from writing, are taken care of and, you know, just spend a lot of time planning that out and executing that so that I can then be freed up to do what I'm supposed to do. Does that make sense?
3: It makes sense. And I like that you brought up this topic because it worries me sometimes, you know, like finding that balance, like wanting to just take time off home things Mm -hmm. to do, like to focus on the things you need to do, like your things, your career, Mm The things you're your training and things. But then I always feel, I always feel, um, what's the word? I always feel a bit guilty mm. when I take time out to do my own things and just focus on it. Sometimes I would say I'm going to the library mm. and by 1 p.m. I would say, oh, I'm going to the library. I'll come back in the night. But by 1 p.m. I see myself packing my bags and going on the bus to go home because I just, I just can't, stop thinking of the things I should be doing at home. So I'm, I'm hoping someone here will be able to give us tips on how to just have a clean break and just focus on what you need to focus on then return back to the home things. Maybe it's a woman thing, that's why I'm unable to just tear myself apart. I mean, away from um, other things and focused on what I should do. Maybe, yeah.
1: maybe not. Thanks for that. Any, any thoughts yeah. on that? <laughs> hallelujah I was just about calling you. So <laughs> sure if you've been on long enough to catch the gist, for well,
5: over to. You. To be honest, I'm still, um, I'm still trying to catch, the, I'm still trying to catch the gist. But I'm um, looking at the question where it says, um, why, how would you divide your focus between avoiding obstacles to productivity and pursue your goals passionately? Mm. One of the things that I feel like uh, comes to my mind or I I think about is uh, distractions. Now, one of your goals to productivity is getting to Manchester. Mm. And then you need to focus, how can I get to Manchester? Pay attention to little details. Mm. Pay attention to little details and then... try to sort some some other things out yourself (laughs) so and now how can i divide my attention Mm forces i discipline myself so that not after achieving the goal of telling people about this thing uh, about christ i'll miss the heaven Mm -hmm. the word is that he does it uh what's it called Uh, consciously and um if you look at a priest, mm-hmm. when the fire of God comes down, when revival comes, it comes on everybody. But for you to sustain the revival, you talk about the priesthood, wearing the garment of priesthood. That is where you talk about discipline. Sometimes you also may be praying in the morning. Some people are still praying in the morning or in the afternoon or in the day or fasting or whatever it is. But it takes a lot of discipline mm-hmm. for you to be able to maintain that. I'll give maybe one more spiritual example and then i'll try and see if i can grab one a physical example but for an instance now your the lord spoke to you i want you to fast once a week mm-hmm. because you want to maybe overcome a particular addiction or you want to be you want to hear from god clearly or whatever reason it is mm-hmm. and then your you you start the fast the goal is to do what is to get that, uh, uh, to get maybe your flesh to subdue under your spirit. Mm-hmm. And then you start the fast. Now, how do you now, I'm trying to look at the question, so I know, I'm know i sure I'm not diverting too much. Uh, how, how do I now avoid those obstacles to productivity, it's that discipline of consciously uh, declaring a fast every week, just like it has been for me. And by that same way, my goal, which is my life goal is to do what is to uh, make my pledge to go down. So now if I bring it down down to us, now one of my goals, you know, is to teach people. Um, I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I may not be the best like Pastor Joseph, you know, in the spiritual part of it, but I like the classroom. Now, this is my goal. Now, how can I be able to manage the classroom and maybe being a father? being a husband it's by discipline and discipline means arranging my timetable so that when i'm facing these life issues i'm facing it and when i want to and uh uh, what's it called when i want to uh, uh, do the other one i'll do the other one none of them suffer so a little sleep a little slumber Uh, uh. so just little little but just plan your timetable very well that you will, will be able to accommodate everything you hear people say saturday sundays i don't touch work things because this saturday and sunday is for family and not for work so no matter what happens you won't touch work things. you watch do whatever you want you feel like your family enjoys doing you do that and then you 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 just uh, keep going so i feel like everything i've been saying since I've been repeating one word, which is discipline. Discipline, just, It You just have to be disciplined, consciously okay. discipline yourself, All not right. to be distracted. I'll give one more example of the dangers of distraction now. You're driving, and then you want to listen to Pastor Joseph's preaching, and then you're on, on 14 miles, and then you take off your eyes just to put it on your oh, on yeah. your radio. You probably don't go to heaven from there. <laughs> so... It's, this is one of the dangers of distraction. So we need to be disciplined to make sure that your productivity level is very high. Yeah. Thank you, Dr.
1: Thank you very much. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know over to you.
3: I, oh, I think her. Sister Lydia wanted to talk.
1: Oh, no, she's just joining, I, I think. And, oh. Yeah. Okay. Sister Lydia, do you have something to say?
3: No, not at all. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> I'm just joining. I
5: want your road. All right. <laughs> ah, good yeah. you uh, I was just
3: gonna follow on with what Kingsley said okay. about discipline. That would work very well.
0: Uh-huh.
3: But then there's, there's another thing that might work again that's working for me right now, that's helping me deal with the example that I gave, and it's that you would if you if you if you settle down and look through how your day goes you would find you would find um, you'll find a particular time that is just not used for anything and those are the two, I don't know how to say it for, there are just some particular times you know that you're not needed and then you can just pour you can pour you can pour in what you need to do at that time. Say, for example, sometimes if I need to read a particular um, article, uh-huh. it, it might be a PDF that I would get, but I would try to, I'll try to do and um, read it via text to speech, because obviously we have young kids, so you can't really run away from them. So I could put my earphone is perpetually around my neck, I'll just put one of the ears in while I'm washing the plates. So what I could have sat down to do, and that would have taken me hours, I would have covered it and just going in and out, picking up this, tidying up that, and that, and that way I would still be able to meet my target, even yeah. with, with not being like apart, like apart from them, and without um one aspect suffering and the other aspect suffering. So I'm just trying to say that there are different methods and ways that we can that we can use to achieve our goals that would help us ab- ab- avoid the obstacles to pr- productivity. So there's text yeah. to speech. Sometimes you could have, if if you want to read something, you could you could watch it rather than read it, rather than read the actual text. Yeah. There are just different ways. And if you if you're revising for so, if you're re- if for example, if I need to revise for a particular work or a training that I'm doing, instead of having to like look at the text to read. I could just, you could just do acronym of the points, like V, A, V, something, something. Uh, and then when you see those acronyms, it, it just, you 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 get to know the points that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Sure. I hope that makes sure. sense. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, both of, I mean, all the contributions that came in on that question has been helpful. I know we've had a couple other people that just joined, so I'm going to, in two, one minutes, I'm going to backtrack and track down to where we are and then explain the reason why I'm asking this question. I know this is the most vague of all the five questions. <laughs>
0: so
1: I would kind of um on why I, why I asked it. So again, we've been talking about becoming more productive uh, by just basically asking a few questions around that not necessarily to give us seven steps to becoming more productive. Maybe we will land there on the fifth question, Um, but to just kind of erect some guideposts around this whole thing about productivity. We live in uh, in in a generation or an age whereby we have access to lots of resources that can call forth the tendency or the desire to be more productive than we are and that's a good thing but in wanting to be more productive the first question we looked at is who is your role model for productivity and that's not necessarily so that you can actually think of a role model but to say whoever that role model or someone that has done something productive that you envy or desire to be like or aspire to be like just so that we can remember that We are not them and they are not us in other words you are not living in the fullness of what the full range of the factors that is playing out as their life story is not the same raw materials that is playing out as yours their capacity might be different from yours but even if you have the same capacity you never can tell the other things that they have left undone to be able to be fruitful in the area that you can visibly see are saying, oh, wow, it's so fruitful, uh, so productive in this area. What about the very many other areas that you can't see in which you are probably far more fruitful, even if you are not as fruitful in the visible area of that person's productivity? And the simple point we're making from that is to say, don't measure yourself by other people's productivity, measure yourself by your potential, in Christ, which you get to discover as you continue in tandem, in fellowship with the Father, um, and as you continue to aspire for more. Of course, we also kind of alluded to the fact that you don't want to be complacent. You want to always strive for more, but striving for more in the guide or within the circumference that the Holy Spirit permits you. The second question is to then say, okay, fine, you want to be productive, but are you sure that you want to be productive where you should be productive? Namely, in the circumference of your life's purpose. Because you don't want to stand before God at the end of time and God's like, oh, wow, you did so well in this or that, except that that's not what I planned for you or intended for you or proposed for you to pursue in life. And so we have looked at two approaches that could help us think through that, um, ways by which we can, um, ways by which we can, you know, think through our own life's purpose and assignments, which then brings us to the third question about, okay, now let's, let's look at how to approach this productivity thing. Which one should we focus our energy on the most? Should we focus more on dealing with avoiding all those you know, obstacles that can end us from being productive or actually focusing all of our energy or most of our energy on that pain itself that will lead to the productivity that we desire. And I know it's kind of a trick question, but the suggestion that I'm making, and of course the point that is underlying it is to say it's wiser really, to focus less or to give the least of your attention and energy and focus to avoiding those obstacles and to focus more on embracing those goals, those um, God-given agenda for your life and pursuing them. The reason or the implication of that is simply this. If you devote your attention to what can be, what you are meant to do, what comes as a result of what you do, it as a way of innately empowering you to overcome the limitations or avoiding the obstacles. Or I could say it like this to make it more relatable. In my own context, I've given the example of writing books. Now, there are many unfinished books in my library, in my on my computer and things like that. And there are two ways I could look at it, I could focus on the different many reasons why I can't finish them. Um, I've got these other things to do, um, doing this and that and that and this and this and this at the same time. And if all I'm thinking about is all these other things that I'm doing that is not enabling me or freeing me up to do this main thing that I'm supposed to be doing, the tendency is that I will end up not actually doing what I'm supposed to do. But if I allow... The beauty and the fullness of the potentials of my life purpose, the main assignment, the main agenda, if I allow myself to sink into that and allow that to sink into me, and I can imagine how people will be blessed as a result of what I'm doing, and I can imagine already how when I stand before God, there would be some pleasant surprise of hearing that there is someone I never knew from Kinshasa or from, I don't know, from Uzbekistan or one country that I can't even pronounce his name that I read of a particular chapter in a book that I wrote and that it became the deciding factor for Israel life to, to change and all of that. You know, that's, that's, that's a very pleasant thought. Now, if I allow myself to live on that thought for a while and sink myself deep into that, it has a way of motivating and inspiring me to overpower whatever challenges and all these other excuses that I'm giving myself to actually sit down and get the job done. So basically, um, to use the example, for instance, of what uh, Kingsley said about going to Manchester, if what I want to go and do in Manchester is so halluring, if it's something that I know that if only I can get there, okay, to, to be very materialistic uh, and fictional. If I know that going to Manchester is going to hand me 10,000 pounds, <laughs> which is way beyond anything I've ever received as a gift, I, just the thought of what 10,000 pounds can do will help me to overpower whatever wants to stand on my way. If I miss one train, I will do anything to get on the next. I will, you know, it's the 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 obstacles are no longer obstacles because I have allowed myself to be engulfed in the fullness of the realities that lies on the other side of, you know, going after what I'm supposed to be going after. Ends this suggestion. Focus less on the obstacles, less on avoiding them. Of course, there are. I'm not saying the obstacles are not important. They are important. They can stop you, but they hardly tend to stop people that have, you know, been engulfed with the real deal, the agenda, the life purpose for which they are living. I like the scripture that Sister Inca put on the chat thread about Jesus. That's basically the templates Jesus followed. It's not like the cross was pleasant. And it's not like the cross was, if anything, I mean, I've never heard again of another person that was so afraid of something and went to pray about that thing and started sweating in the place of prayer to the point where the sweat felt like drops of blood. I've never heard of that medical condition played out in someone else's life. Perhaps there are, I mean, it might just be the limitation of my own exposure, but I'm saying that it must have been extremely intense. Not because, the crucifixion process itself is painful, but what it entails, it entails him that knew no sin to become sin. It entails the Trinity for once to be, in a sense, broken such that the Father and the Spirit will depart the Son, and the Son will, for one moment in history, not call the Father the Father and say, God, God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Just that sin alone, that's that moment in history was enough to make the cross unbearable for Jesus as a human being. But what did he do? Hebrews twelve two says, because of the joy on the other side of that unimaginable obstacle, he endured that obstacle because of what lies on the other end. Thank you so much, Sanka. That kind of just nails the point that I'm trying to make ever so brilliantly. Question number four, as we begin to land this conversation, what season of life are you in? Again, this is not a question that I'm exactly expecting us to answer um, verbally because of course, all of us are in various seasons. And that's exactly the point of the question. Because again, when you're looking at someone else's productivity and using that to get, oh gosh, I wish I could do more than I'm doing. It could just simply be because you're in different seasons. Presently, I'm a young married man with two kids, both of which are under five. And that comes with its own unique challenges, with its own unique realities. That comes with, at every season, I mean, there's just always something going on. If you're not doing party training for someone, you're waking someone up every two, two hours so that he doesn't pee on the bed or whatever that, that, that could look like. There are just so very many layers to that. And it's until you are living in that season that you know the intricacies of the season as it were. And so for me to be comparing myself with someone that is not in my season, but that is doing ever so much or seemingly looking more productive while I'm seemingly looking less productive, it's foolishness to put it simply. And that's, that's, the, that's the point of point number four, question number four, just to make sure that we remind ourselves that we are not in the same season with everyone. Um, even when two people seem to be in the same season in terms of the physicalities of their realities, okay, they are both young couples and they are both, um, you know, maybe they have the same number of kids and their kids are the same ages. There are so many other dimensions and layers to their lives that you can begin to you know compare one person with the other or one couple with another couple in that in that sense or one student with another student all that's to say focus on the season you're in and live according to the demands of that season but do that with all your might do that as best as you can do that you know especially for those of us that have this sense of there's going to be a reward in heaven. And you know, you want to be as spiritual as you can be, and that and you can hear of what some family are doing as far as far as their spirituality is concerned, maybe in terms of devotions and prayer times and these and that. And that can just you can either sink to the mode of, oh, I also want to start doing that. Let's also replicate that here. Let's also contextualize that. Let's also. The fact is, are you in the same season? Yes, be productive, but understand the season that you are in understand the demands of that season and then live freely within the confines of that of that season um just as a side thought, for for those of you that might have followed um not alone today podcast and on the podcast you discover we've not posted new episodes for a couple of months i mean since february that was when last we posted and that's simply because we are in a season <laughs> where we just know we need to pause on that and then Resume that when that's feasible again, and hopefully that's that's in the nearest future. Perhaps that's going to resume as we step into the month of May. But the point is to now feel bad about that or to feel like we have failed ourselves or failed God, it would just be foolishness because of the realities and the demands of the season that we're currently in last question and this is the point where I hope that we can then pour forth all those um, tips and resources and whatever that has helped you um, before on a practical sense we've done all these erecting different guidelines and trying to just you know have different um, mind shifts about productivity but now practically speaking let's let's assume you've discovered your purpose you are sinking yourself into it. You want to be the best at, at what God has called you to do. What one thing has made you personally more productive in the past which someone else that is on this call or in this meeting can also learn from? If I could recapitulate on a couple of such things that has come true, Kingsley has spoken on discipline. Discipline, um, as some will define it, is simply delayed gratification. The ability to say, okay, I would, I will enjoy later. I'll go through the seeming pain or denial now. That's discipline. Just that consistency in delaying gratification, knowing that the joy will come, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So we've seen discipline. I think I know also mentioned something that I can't remember now, but yes, it's, the floor is open. What practical tips, that Larry, go for it, has helped you to be productive in the past? You're muted.
6: Okay, um, good evening, everyone, once again. Good evening. Yeah, so <laughs> what, one, what one thing has made you more productive in the past? Okay, before I share that, I would just like to just um, add on what's, um, Stokola has been sharing about that Okay, maybe my own understanding number one I I found that yes we can draw inspiration from others to make improvements in our lives but we must still learn to run in our own way and run our own race Mm. so while our focus should not be on others like the Bible said we should provoke one another unto good works right so I can actually take a cue and say okay wow I've seen how God has helped this person that means that makes a room and a chance for me to also do more for God in the context of my calling and my giftings and my capacity. Uh-huh. And then in every um, another thing again is to enjoy every season and make the best use of it in the context of God's grace and capacity for my life. Because that scripture says that God gave to each and every one of them according to the measure, measure of their several abilities. Uh-huh. So Pastor might be able to do to twelve, But yeah. I might be able to do just two. If I do my two so well and accomplish my two, God can never use the yardstick of Pastor twelve to judge my two.
1: Absolutely.
6: But if I chase after Pastor twelve and not focus on my two, I will be called to question on the two that I was actually given to. Um, okay. Another thing, I I love that example of a young couple raising children. The interesting or the ironical part of it is, I don't, I'm not yet married, I don't have children yet, but from what I've seen, many people that are raising young children, especially when one or the parties have to wait for the other or have to press a pause or a rewind or a slow button on a certain area of their life, maybe even their careers. Mm. It looks as if it's Yes, it's a very high cost to pay. I don't know. But I believe that uh, doing that as a way of contributing to, um, of course, it makes deposits in the lives of those children that they will later reap um, in the future or in later years. Because, so it sure forms a bunch. So, to now the question the one thing that I would say is intentionality. Accountability and evaluation, mm. intentionality because it takes it takes being intentional to actually say that to actually even take stock of what God has of what of of what is in your sweet spot. Say okay, what am I gifted in, or what am I? It's we can as well just believe living. That's one of the easiest. Your your life is just like on autopilot, but it takes an intentionality. To say okay, okay, these are these are my strengths. These are my it might sound very simple, but not everybody is doing it. Uh, so it takes our intentionality to, um, to actually say, okay, I want to do one, two, three, four, five, because of it fits into this big picture of one, two, three, that I plan to do in this month. So intentionality. Accountability helps you to keep, tra- keep track of how intentional or how much you are actually hitting the goal that you have set for yourself then evaluation is you accountability especially when it is external that's why some i think Lucy, say um evaluation and accountability looks evaluation is more like you are sitting down to say okay yes i've been trying to do this what is working what is not working what can i do more of or what should i um change the (laughs) method so that's that for me thank you thank you sir
1: Thank you very, very much. Thank you very, very much. I love each of those um, examples and principles. And thanks for your recapitulations as well. I'm learning myself from what I thought that said. So (laughs) thank you very much. Um, I'm also kind of trying to summarize on the chat thread for those that might want to check that out. Um, Steynka, thanks for the first point you supplied, the results from the past. And that's very, very true. Um, just knowing what you've done before and how it's played out when you did it this way can be a motivation in and of itself to give it your best again, more intentionally, uh, more accountably, and maybe with more evaluation so that you can get more productivity at the, at the end of that. So thank you. Any other thoughts Yeah, Busola, go on.
4: sir. okay, so, so for me, um this taking a pause actually when you when you get distracted for me it happens this way for me that when I get distracted, uh-huh. sometimes I find it hard to actually stop, to actually um stop or take it, take myself away from the distraction. I just go on. So for example, maybe I've been working all day and I have like, I've just been I'm just bored and I go on to Netflix to see some movies. I could go on hours watching and i won't just be able to stop so one thing i have learned is that to actually pause i just drop my device and just take a pause and then try to and i think it still comes down to evaluation mm-hmm. basically just think through it again and then i find the um strength to go back to what i've been doing mm-hmm. that works for me that's, that's my
1: thank you very much and docas thanks for the, the the point about thinking about rewards—that's very true. I, mean, I was giving the fictional example before that. If I know that going to Manchester is going to hand me ten thousand pounds, um, gratis, <laughs> I would do anything to, you know, to to overcome all the obstacles between here and Manchester to get there and get the get the reward. So how much more, far more, witty and wittier than ten thousand pounds? would be the reward that will come from the father. And the Bible is clear about that. Someone was saying the other day, while we're in Bible study that, is it not, is it not actually kind of selfish for us to be motivated in our, in our spirituality by reward? And part of the answer to that is the fact that this whole reward system idea. is not how it's, God himself instituted it. He wants you to be motivated by. Of course, the reward is not just in terms of the crown, whatever that would look like, or the well done good and faithful servants, you'll be a ruler over ten cities or whatever. Uh, and that's good. But the, the joy of making your father proud, which we have had tokens of on this side of eternity, the joy of making the one person who believes in you, maybe not necessarily your father, like literally, but when you've made someone proud, someone that you are proud of, and you made them proud, how did that make you feel? Now think of the fact that you're going to stand before the one person that actually truly matters in all of eternity. And you want to, what would it feel like to have made him proud? What would it feel like to have made him want to say, thumbs up, my guy? <laughs> that's that's a reward that motivates me. That's a sight or a thought that wants to make me, you know, do better, give more, sacrifice more, you know? And, and yeah, that's, that's just a lovely thought. So I thought to take that very valid point and stretch it, not just in terms of uh, material and physical sense. And that absolutely worked. Uh, it's the reason why some people still wake up and go to work because they know at the end of the month, there will be, be salary. Uh, But beyond that, I'm saying there is even, you can then stretch that to the ultimate reward, the one reward that matters, the reward for which, by by the reason of which loss, some who have actually made it into the eternal presence of the Father will still weep. The Bible is clear about the fact that not everyone that gets to heaven, to use the language by which we tend to think of it, not everyone that gets to heaven will be happy, will be, Oh, happy, happy, happy is too big. It will be, there will be tears in heaven, basically. <laughs> and the tears will come in part from, you know, pleasant surprises, but also from the awareness of lost opportunities and forfeited rewards, things you could have been rewarded for that you won't be rewarded for because you didn't do them or you did the very opposite of those things and things like that. So God is just. And let's, let's, let's put that as the grand scheme at the background of all this productivity talk. I want to stand before the Father, having lived a life that made him proud. All right. Any other final thoughts? I'm, I'm glad that we covered all the five points and just in the nick of time as well. Any questions? Dylan, you are muted. Any thoughts or questions?
0: Yeah, so I just wanted to say one thing yep. that has made me more productive. Mm. Praying. So it can be a way of clearing my mind. It's like meditation. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I don't just pray to praise God, but I also use it to um, allow me to know what I want to do next. Mm. When I'm just unsure of what to do. I'll pray that God should guide me and give me the power and courage for me to just get on with my work. Mm. And I find it to work a lot of the time. Another thing is, is that I just stop overthinking. Come
1: on, come on.
0: Yeah, this can be applied to anything other than just studying. Mm. So yeah, sometimes I just don't give things too much thought. And that's all.
1: Thank you, thank you. That's, I mean, those are very priceless nuggets and uh, things we so easily miss. Um, as easily reachable, affordable as they can be, it doesn't cost anything to press pause, and actually think through, you know, things and clear your mind and stop overthinking. I think I need to remind myself of that more <laughs> as well. Thank you so much, Dylan, and thanks everyone. I don't know if there's any. Final thoughts, final questions, contributions. Feel free to unmute yourself and stop me. But in the absence of that, I just want to to say thank you again <clears throat> to everyone for joining in. Uh, again, the recording of this will be made available in due course and special thanks to Adiola who makes that happen. I think she's dropped off. Um, as we As we wrap up, just to kind of yeah, officially land the conversation. Again, the focus for this month has been around that whole issue of resourcing ourselves. And I'm glad and grateful for very many resources that came through in our conversations, but also just trying to tie that to two ends. On the one end, wanting to raise from amidst us by God's grace, trusting God to raise from amidst us. A, a people who are given to intentional pursuit of personal development. And not just for the sake of saying, ah, this person is resourceful or whatever. I don't even know what that word meant <laughs> when I was graduating in my undergraduate uh, course. Uh, and there was this thing in our final year where they give awards to students. And the award that I, I didn't even go for the party, let they learn been there, but some of my friends conducted the award that might be, the award they gave me was the most resourceful student. And I kept asking myself, what does that even mean? (laughs) What what does it mean to be resourceful? If you said the best student whatever, whatever, that would make sense to my analytical mind. But in any case, we're basically saying let's be guided. Let's not overthink things. Let's not uh, put ourselves on overdrive. Hi, in the last few days, I've been un- unusually um, hungry at adverts. You are on YouTube just doing your own thing, and every few seconds, you see this person standing in your face and telling you, Oh, Kineko, I've made um, uh, now I make 1,000 pounds every month from this small little something. I want to teach you how to do it. Who are you? What's your problem? What's what's my business with you? Take your £1,000 and go wherever you want to go. And just as you're recovering from that, another person is coming to tell you, ah, do you sell things on Amazon? I know how to do it in a way that will make you... I've taught my mother and taught my sister and taught my brother and is sponsoring himself in school. What's my business with you? For goodness sake. Anyways, but again, there are trainings like that that will help you, isn't it? But I'm just saying, we want to be guided to be sure that you know you are not pursuing productivity aimlessly and baselessly. So you know the aim to glorify the Father. You know the base to glorify the Father. It's a base. It's a foundation. It's a aim and it's a multi motivation. Genesis 15:1, He said to Abraham, "I am your exceedingly great reward. What could be greater than that?" So he supplies everything that we need to be all that we want to be. But we want to be sure that we are doing his bidding and not our assumptions. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name.